Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Well, journalists, pundits, and observers are calling this New York City's most fiercely contested election you've probably never heard of. On Tuesday night, public school parents rallied outside of Gracie Mansion to protest the recent election of candidates from what they describe as a right-leaning parents group to citywide education councils. Citywide education councils are basically what replaced community school boards. They don't have a tremendous amount of power, but they help set policy and deal with the superintendents. They help set policy on diversity, spending, academics, a whole bunch of other things. So there's this group called Parent Leaders for Accelerated Curriculum and Education, or PLACE NYC. And they've endorsed Republicans like Lee Zeldin for governor and George Santos for Congress. And candidates that were tapped by this group won close to 40% of seats last week on parent councils here in New York City, a place that is not right-leaning by any means. Place supports keeping the specialized high school admissions test for schools like Brooklyn Tech, Bronx High School of Science, and Stuyvesant, and expanding the gifted and talented program, which is also supported by the school's chancellor, David Banks. Critics have blasted the views of some Place members on critical race theory and on going too far against LGBTQ stuff. And so this protest outside of Gracie Mansion on Tuesday coincided with a reception that Mayor Adams was hosting in honor of these newly elected parents. Roughly 20 demonstrators demanded a vote recount, so much for accepting the results of settled elections, and an independent audit of the process. They also rallied for an equal application of D. DOE election rules. One woman said her candidacy was invalidated for improper reasons. But what this whole thing sounds like to me is a bunch of sore losers who are out of touch with what parents want. The specialized high school examination test is a positive and it gives poor children and immigrant children opportunities that they never would have had otherwise. If you want to have a conversation about how to get more children to do well on that test, I'm all for it. You want to have a conversation about building more special high schools, let's do it. But for these parents that lost elections fair and square to complain that they don't like the result when the reason that I believe they weren't elected is because they're out of touch with what most of the parents even in New York City want. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. 
everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. The supreme law of the land in New York State is the New York State Constitution. That is our governing document, just the way the United States Constitution is the governing document for the federal government. And the way the Constitution gets amended is after a bill is passed by two separate state legislatures, it then has to be voted on by the people. And two years ago, in quite a shock to Democrats, the electorate of New York State, a very blue state, rejected a proposed constitutional amendment that would have loosened the rules and permitted no excuse absentee voting. Basically, the way the rule is now is you have to say, if you want an absentee ballot, that you have a reasonable expectation that you're going to be out of the county on election day or that you have some incapacitation that's going to keep you from getting to the polls. You fill that out, they send you an absentee ballot. What that proposal would have done was let anyone ask for an absentee ballot under any circumstances. Well, even though voters rejected this overwhelmingly two years ago, this month, the state legislature passed a bill to let anyone vote by mail, a bill that is blatantly unconstitutional. State Senator Michael Gianaris, one of the leaders of the Senate Democratic Conference, was asked, isn't this what the citizenry rejected in 2021? And he said, no, you're mistaken. The referendum was relevant to the absentee ballot process. This bill relates to a form of early voting. Now, that is absurd. That is absurd. It's total semantics, and it's a total con job. Now, I have no problem if you want to go through the proper process for amending the state constitution to allow voting by mail. But you can't circumvent the will of the voters. If you want to put it on the ballot again, that's one thing. But for you to pass legislation that blatantly violates the New York State Constitution, which you take an oath as a legislator to uphold, Michael Gianaris, that's quite another. This bill that they've passed on no excuse absentee ballot voting is blatantly unconstitutional. And if the Court of Appeals has even a semblance of fairness about them, or if they even know how to read the Constitution, they will reject this when a challenge to this legislation comes before the Court of Appeals. I may bring just such a challenge. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. It seems like every week we hear a different story about a horrible fire that was sparked by a lithium-ion battery tied to an e-bike. And I've talked about this before, but I think we need to look at regulating these batteries and these e-bikes. Well, apparently there are some regulations in place already, regulations that the FDNY is not properly enforcing. So when firefighters fought a blaze, sparked by one of these lithium-ion batteries in Chinatown early Tuesday that killed 
four people and injured two others. It was not the first time the FDNY had arrived at the HQ e-bike repair shop. On May 9th, department inspectors visited the shop to follow up on safety violations issued in 2022. The FDNY had earlier cited the store for illegally using extension cords to charge bikes, an especially dangerous way to power the volatile lithium-ion batteries that give e-bikes and other electric vehicles their, I don't know, their zip. On their return visit, FDNY representatives looked around and didn't see any batteries being charged, and so deemed the store cleared. Yet the FDNY did not check out the store's many batteries in stock. The department is acknowledging this, even though a new law had recently gone into effect banning the sale of reconditioned or second-use batteries. They didn't even check. A business that had repeated violations and had shown a willful disregard in the past to follow the rules and to follow basic safety protocols, they didn't even check to see if these batteries that were in stock that they were selling to the public were in violation of the protocols. These batteries, modified by installing powerful cells inside old batteries that have deteriorated due to wear and tear, are incredibly dangerous. Fire officials are saying this, not just me. And while the FDNY has cited e-bike batteries as the cause of Tuesday's fire, they have yet to determine the exact cause of whether second-use batteries were involved. I am betting they were. I have said repeatedly, I cannot understand why the FDNY Commissioner Laura Kavanaugh is still in her job. She appears to be completely in over her head. This is just the latest searing indictment of her poor tenure as fire commissioner. Let's get someone who's more capable of running this department on the job before someone else gets hurt. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. One of the things that those of us that follow politics closely and even those of us who comment on politics publicly tend to forget is that the people we're talking about, these political figures who we criticize, who we praise, we forget about the fact that they're also people. And I'm reminded of this in looking at the situation involving former New Jersey Assemblyman and Republican candidate for governor of New Jersey, Jack Chitterelli. Now, the one thing that you hear about Jack Chitterelli from everybody, from Democrats, from Republicans, from people who like him, from people that dislike him, is how hard that he works. He is everywhere. He is all over the state. Whenever I speak at local New Jersey functions, people always come over to me and says, I can't believe this guy, Jack Chitterelli, has made the trip here from wherever he lives the guy's a millionaire and he's still making trips here to talk to 20 people that's how hard he's working and has worked really for the last decade at running for governor and i'm reminded of that because the one thing that i've learned about politics is that it is a very jealous lover and it is being reported today that uh, jack chitterelli and his wife melinda have announced that they are separating and i have no idea what the circumstances were that uh, led to them making this making the decision to separate i 
Would venture to guess, though, it has something to do with the amount of time that Jack Cittarelli has been spending working, campaigning, and contributing to the cause of, I guarantee you, what he genuinely believes would be a better way forward for New Jersey. So uh, whatever your view of Jack Cittarelli is, or any politician, keep in mind that these are people that have husbands, wives, children, parents, and there's no need to beat up on them on a personal level just because you disagree with them politically. Wishing Jack Cittarelli and his soon-to-be ex-wife Melinda the very best. Beam me up! To be continued.